0: I know some of you are dealing with loss this year. Uh, I lost my mom a couple years ago, and uh, so Mother's Day is a little different now. And uh, Shannon, I think about you today, and uh, and I think about the Abshers too. I know uh, even this week, we're praying for Brent and Dana and Kendall. Kendall is birthdays on Saturday. And uh this will be their first birthday without Chase. Or his twin brother. So we're praying for you today. But there's still much to celebrate. They are going to celebrate. And that's a good thing. So, Lord, I pray today that. Uh, You comfort, you bring peace in this room, and just even the conversations that are about to take place, I pray that you would encourage these mothers, these ladies today, and that they would be able to speak what you desire for them to share, and I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we've been going through Romans. And we get to Romans chapter six and uh, our our three people that taught Romans chapter six, which was Luke and Shannon and Matt Tully, they did a a beautiful job. And here's the gist of what chapter six said. I'm going to say it in my own words, is that it was about not focusing on the sin, that we are dead to sin. So we don't focus on sin in here. We don't even focus on trying not to sin in here. But we focus on what Jesus has already done in our lives, which has made us righteous, made us righteous. And we live out of that righteousness. We, I'm spending my whole life in this journey trying to learn how to live out of this righteousness, which in my brain, there's sometimes a conflict with that. And so today, I wanted to have a discussion with these mothers about Romans chapter 6 and about how they deal with it in their lives. I'm going to start with Therese. You ready? I told her I was going (coughs) to... In January 2019, we got off the Mercy Me cruise ship and you were sitting in the airport and you got your first indication that you had cancer. You're now in remission. Thank you, Jesus. Good job, Jesus. Through an extensive chemotherapy process and the Lord's healing, of course, which has impacted you more? living through that healing process or knowing that you're never going to die again because you're in Christ?
1: Well,
2: I know I'm never going to die. And I've had a few things happen in my life that have been pretty big bumps in the road. And uh, the cancer was one of them because um, I don't have any history of cancer in my family Um, You never think it's going to happen to you. And before I got on that cruise ship, I was pretty sure something bad was in my body because I had had a couple of tests. And so sure enough, when I actually, it was before I got off the boat, I looked at my phone because we were back in cell service. And I saw I had a result on my portal and it said I had a clat skin tumor. Well, I had already Googled that of course. Now I'm a nurse. I'm allowed to Google. Huh. <laughs> and <laughs> I I have resources that I only look at and I had uh I'd never heard of a flat skin tumor. And so when I looked looked it up, I read for about three minutes and then I shut down the computer. I couldn't read it anymore because it said it's a rare aggressive cancer. And I thought I can't have cancer, you know, that's not Me and that's not how I'm going to go out, is it? And so, anyway,
0: you 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 also said God wouldn't do that to your husband, right?
2: So my husband um, had was married before me, and his wife died of cancer. Um, They were only married three years when she passed away. So i I've always had that in the back of my mind that God would I would never have cancer because He wouldn't do that twice to Jim but it happened and um i was scared very scared and so things um went pretty fast because um i i got two opinions that's what i would always say if you do google something and you're scared to death don't just freeze up and not do anything but act on it because um i had my first opinion was up um at cancer treatment centers of america and They said, my only hope was a liver transplant. I was was devastated, I I just couldn't believe it, I felt fine. Um, And then I came down to IU Cancer Simon Center, and that doctor told me I would never survive long enough to get a liver transplant, and that I needed to have surgery right away. I said, well, let's do it, because I'm not ready to die. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm a mom, and being Mother's Day, I just love being a mom. And, you know, I don't think it's... I'm not scared to die here, this physical death, because I know that my home is really in heaven. I've believed that for so many years. And I thought, boy, this is coming quick. But my main thing is, I did not want to leave my kids and my husband because, you know, I'm their mom. And and I have to... I have to be here for him.
0: Her, her so, husband's running the PowerPoint back there, so. What do you do? Nothing.
2: Um, anyway, um, I had two major surgeries. I, I was in the hospital a few times with sepsis during all this, and uh, finally I went through six months of chemotherapy, and so far I'm cancer-free. Now, Yay. there's 50% chance it'll come back. So they're following me very close, but I feel great today. And I am so grateful for for God. And, you know, there's a lot of times when I would get so scared and I just go to uh, my peaceful place. Ever since I was young, this is how I've pictured God. I don't know if you all have ideas in your head, but I always picture me um, sitting on God's lap with his arm around me, and we just talk. And he's sitting on the throne, but I'm sitting on his lap. And so that's, that's how I imagine God, and that's where I go for my, my peaceful places. I know that he's got me, and he's, he's my dad.
0: So you know there was a battle between going to a dark place versus sitting on your father's lap?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was scared, very scared. That's it was good. It was dark.
0: Uh, all right, pass it down to Amy.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amy, you you said that you kind of grew up. You defined it as a religious household. Uh,
4: well, not in my house, like my house was anything but religious like um, it was There's a lack of hope I mean it was abusive and especially like on Mother's Day I think from my mom um, I lived in fear every day but my grandma was very religious like she didn't drive so I, like that was my safe place I, I got dropped off there the very last day of school and didn't get picked up until the day before school would start. So I spent all summer there. And she would dress up, dress us up on Sunday mornings and put us in front of the TV, and we'd watch Jimmy Swiger. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so yes, that was very religious. <laughs> it's
0: like, where do you go with that? Uh, so- So that's how you understood Jesus from a TV evangelist standpoint. Right. So my question to you this morning is, you obviously moved from there to now you're raising your own children in your own home. What's the difference?
4: I would say um, going from a fear-based faith to a... Love-based relationship. I think um, knowing who you are. I, I mean, gosh, what an advantage my kids have in knowing absolutely grace and love and and that um, security. I think I grew up so insecure and fearful every day, and and. I hope my kids have that confidence and security
0: so you you're struggling watching your own family members being burdened by the church absolutely I, what are you what are you doing to like impact or influence what they're experiencing? It
4: is hard to see my own family members, you know outside of who's in our home, um, work so hard. For a relationship that doesn't have to be hard, you know, and like we try to say, you know, it's not about us; it's about him and what he does. And and I I think seeing seeing that and and the simplicity that my my kids even see it as, um, and hearing them like, no, you have to work for it, and it it makes me sad. You know that they think that you have to work so hard, and but it, I think, gosh, what a life lesson that my kids see it and can explain it so easily. And
0: but what do you do, what are you doing to influence them to encourage them? Not your kids. I'm talking about the ones that are being presented with something a little bit different.
4: I think I just try to live it.
0: That's so good. It's like y- y- you can try to teach. You can t- try to teach this thing. But if you're, you're just living it out, yeah, uh, that's, that's the best way to teach. That's good stuff. All right, Nicole. That's it. You got one in front of you right here. Grab that one. Nicole, first of all, this is Nicole Lee. I, I want you to explain how we met.
5: Oh, we met through Michelle Hernandez. Um, Rusty came to Michelle's house and did Roman study with a group of women in my neighborhood. And
0: what year was that? That
5: 2000, that was... and, well, I became a believer in 2006, and I think probably 2007 she had you come in, I think.
0: Yeah. So, really, this is kind of like your only understanding of... This,
5: yeah, this is what I was brought into, but yet I haven't figured it out. <laughs>
0: Okay, so so that uh leads me to my next question. You come here every Sunday. You walk in, you sit down. Well, not every Sunday. Well.
5: Okay. <laughs> I've had breaks and but yes, yeah, since October I've been.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you 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 everybody has their seasons of yes, coming in and out. So since October you've pretty much been here every Sunday and you come in, you sit by yourself. You listen, you get up and you walk out. So my question is, why do you come here?
5: Well, I, I'm i kind of the person that I just do what everybody wants me to do, and I try and be the person that people want me to be, and it's typically been easier to do what my family and friends want me to do, which is not, not go to church, do all the weekend things that make going to church so hard. <laughs> but I keep having this draw to be here, something pulls me here. you okay. <sighs> this is the only place in my life that I have peace and I really feel like I can just Rest in myself. The people here amaze me. You guys, you guys know your identity and you walk in it here and outside. You really see yourselves like God sees you. You really see your new nature and you guys see the nature of others. And I feel that and I want that in my life. I want to see myself like God sees me, and I don't. But I think you guys do, and I love that. And that's why I keep coming back.
0: Do you think you're the only one in the room that feels that way?
5: <laughs> Probably not, but <laughs> you've told me that before. But um, I don't know. Somehow I just I sneak in and I sneak out because I don't, I don't feel like I'm the Christian that you guys are. I don't have it figured out, but I'm trying to, like, I'm hoping that you guys wear off on me a little bit or I just, something clicks.
0: How does that make you feel? Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this question. What do you want from this community? What do you want? What would you desire? Just
5: relationship. Um, more knowledge in the word that, you know, I'm, haven't quite figured out yet. Um, I'm the person, I'm kind of looking for that how to do. I want to tell me how to do this. I want to just tell me how to do it and I'll do it. But what I'm realizing is it's not, you don't do, you be. And I'm trying to figure that out. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's just easier to let all of the, the war battle on inside of you, you know, and just to believe the lies and the junk. It's so hard to just rest and be at peace when you're out there, but here it's, it's good. And so I want you guys to help me carry that in my life and teach me the way, show me the way.
0: I think you're more like us than you realize. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but you bring up a great... Great point is that we do have people that walk in and walk out of here all the time, and we need to like be aware of that. I know we feel comfortable within our own circles and our own friends and small groups and things like that, but I look around the room and I go, "Yeah, they they walk in and walk out." It's like that if you can. If you can have these relationships, which is what she's communicating. She's like, I desire that. I desire to communicate. We met with Amy. You made a new friend in Amy yeah. uh, last week, and that's just what it takes. It's just Yeah, it
5: was fantastic.
0: We, yeah, we have to recognize uh, the people around us. All right, pass that down here to Jeannie. Jeannie, see what time it is right now. He,
3: he just gave me the time check because I told him I was jealous.
0: I haven't even that, I haven't that even Shannon, started yet. That
3: Shannon got a whole hour.
0: See, I put her right beside me for a reason.
3: And, and, and you see, his hand is already on me.
0: Yes. Uh, Nicole, I do appreciate you being honest and just being transparent. We we say that there's uh, not power and transparency, but there is relationship and transparency. All right, Jeannie. A year ago, you made the decision to never return to Pinheads again. How come you're here today?
3: I did. I made the decision I was never going to Pinheads. I was never going back to Bible study. I was never going to walk into Walmart. I was never going to grocery shop. I was never going to pump gas. I was never going to go on vacation I'm the person that you guys saw in the wheelchair, if you remember. Um, Rusty, do you remember helping me?
0: Oh, yeah. A few times.
3: What was that like for you?
0: Um, It was hard. Uh, Yeah, it's hard. Because I've spent the last 32 years with John and Jeannie traveling and camps and stuff like that so to see my friend kind of bail on everything was hard
3: I had come to the place where I could no longer walk Um, physically physically I could no longer walk I don't know whether Jim you have a picture so I I have a I had a picture of a regular knee and my knees where the bones had not only you know some people lose cartilage and Mine were actually shaving down the bones, uh, one on top of the other so bad, and had pushed off a center. So anytime I moved my knees, it was very painful. Um, To stand, to get somebody to help me stand up was an event. When I looked at a curb, just a four inch curb, I I I saw every incline, every four inch curb, everything. And so to make those steps, it was incredibly painful. The amount of pain medicine I was taking and drugs, one step was so painful, it would put me out for a day. I, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it any longer. And we tried many things. Um, there, there's more complications, but I, I, the pain and the fear was incredible. And then, after much testing and some great doctors, we found a way to get me some new knees. And so the last year, I've, I've undergone four different surgeries, and now this is my knee. And, and so um, what they did was they cut both bones. They cut it top and bottom, and they stuck in a new knee, a brand new knee. And um, I can now walk. I could run. I want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: There,
3: There are things I can do on my knees that I don't know I can do. I made the steps up here. Now, the problem with making the steps is that I still look at a step. I still count in my mind how many steps does it take to get somewhere. Because I'm afraid, I lack the knowledge or the experience to understand what my niece can do. I say all that to say that's like my spiritual journey. My spiritual journey is that through kindness, God draws us to, to him. And when I was a little kid, the very first verse that I memorized was John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. That's great. But the next one's even better, is that he came not to condemn the world. Jesus' role isn't to say you are wrong, but through his grace to save us. So that's the important part. It's not, and, and he took all those things, all those sin and all that stuff, and he got rid of it. He didn't just say, oh, I'm going to get rid of some of this stuff and you're gonna, can't, constantly going to have to ask for forgiveness. No, he said everything. He said the, the hateful thing that I said last night, being snippy with my husband tomorrow, not being whatever I need to be five years from now. It's all gone. It's, it's gone. Just like my old knee, it's gone. It, I can't go back to that. In Christ, I'm a new creature, and I can do all things through Christ who can strengthen me, everything. My problem is that I'm still afraid, and I don't have the knowledge. So that fear and the pain that we're so afraid of keeps us from knowing what's really inside of us. So, you know, um, in Romans twelve two it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So every day that renewing is saying, I can make that step, I can run. It's it's a constant reminding us of who we are and the more I do it, the more I can do it. So that old nature, God created me special, me unique, and he doesn't want me to be someone different. He wants me to be me. And he implanted his Holy Spirit, which is love, grace, kindness. That's who I am. I can't be more love, grace, and kindness. It's already there. I just have to be me. <laughs> did I do it quick enough?
0: Yeah, you did it quick enough. Okay. <laughs> uh I just sitting here just sitting here reflecting over thirty two years of relationship with you and Uh, when I came in February of 1989 to Northside Baptist Church, everybody said, Jeannie's going to be your biggest problem. (laughs) Still am. And so, you know, in 1989, it was no big deal for me to say, hey, Jeannie, I've got to go find a camp place, and let's get in the car, and we'll drive for two hours. A pastor can't do that with a lady now, but uh, back then, I... Put her in the car and i just confronted her and i said everybody says you're going to be my problem that uh let's just get one thing straight right now i'll be honest with you always if you be honest with me and we'll say whatever we want to say to each other and uh we agreed and we've been together for 32 years and we've had some some hard times, some difficult times. We've had some great times. I'm thankful for her to sit up here and say what she said today. You you realize things, our our theology, our thinking has changed. Where what we talked about in the beginning was, you know, we would focus on the sin and how great the sin was, and da da da. da. And now it's like there's a total different mindset of focusing on the righteousness of who we are. Right? Would you agree with that?
3: I would agree. I think that church and religion sometimes is the hardest things that we have to deal with as Christians. Because sometimes it takes away what it should be about, which is just love and kindness. God only asks us to do two things. Love him, love others. That's it. He didn't say go to church or read your Bible ten times a day or pray. He didn't say that. He said love me, love others.
1: Yeah. Good word.
0: Nice job. Amy, Nicholas, there's a mic in front of you. Amy, your family has been coming here for the last three years to pinheads and to small groups. Can you share how what you are learning inside of this community and how it has impacted your relationships specifically with Mike, your husband, and also the kids?
1: Sure. Um... So I was raised Catholic. I grew up with the Jesus on the wall that like wherever you walk, he could see you. Like you're off to the side, like he's watching. Um, So my house wasn't legalistic, but I grew up in that atmosphere. They didn't let you
0: wear hats to church, did they? No
1: no hats, no jeans. I wore jeans once and my grandma was like, you cannot wear those to church. And I, I was probably 12 and I remember thinking, does Jesus not like jeans? Like, like I'm going to church to worship. Why is that an issue? Um, and this is actually the first church that I've worn hats. I'm definitely a hat person. Like, I only dress up if I have to for work. So it's just that's been freeing. Like, he does not care. And if we don't come, that's okay, too. Um, so I accepted Christ. I was 24. Mike led me to the Lord, which is just a huge praise. And, um, so I've loved Jesus for a long time, but I was still, I didn't really get the personal relationship piece. So I was like feeling bad. Oh, these other moms are doing their devotions in the morning. I'd have to be up at three to do mine and, you know, or, um, we were baptized together, um, before we got married and we were sprinkled and a church we went to years ago was like, you can be a member, but you've got a sign that you were immersed And I was like, okay, well, I talked to the pastor. We were sprinkled, and this is why. And so we're good, right? And he was like, oh, yeah, that's great. And I'm like, okay, so we can join. Well, no, you have to be immersed. I was like, I don't understand this. Like, what – Jesus cares about our hearts, and I think what we did, that was what was in our heart, and that's what he cares about. So I think slowly I was starting to question things and understand things in a different way, and then coming here – um, and doing the Roman study a couple of years ago with Shannon, it just knocked me in the face. Like, he died once. Once. Why do I keep putting him up there? Why do I keep, you know, killing myself to be this kind of person, this kind of mom, this kind of wife? That's not... He's in me. And, yeah, if I do something to someone, I need to apologize. But I don't need to keep putting him back up on the cross and asking for his forgiveness, that's done. I just can't describe how freeing that was. I've shared that with a lot of friends. Some of my friends are like, oh, my gosh, yeah. And some of my other friends are like, what are you talking about? And that just makes me sad. Um, For me personally in my house, it's just transformed my marriage. I think I've just been able to see Mike through the lens of Christ, see my kids as my brothers and sister in Christ. Um, You know, we make mistakes. Okay, that was a mistake. Let's just move on. Let's just rest in Jesus. Uh, It's just been freedom Um, and seeing Christ, what he can just do through us for just trusting him. That's what it's about. You know, love God, love people. I, I love that. Um, it it we make it more complicated than it is and i think our churches push a lot of people away because of these standards and these rules that we just can't live up to we're not supposed to we just need to rest in him i'm super thankful for leavener this is just a beautiful community of people and i'm just blown blown away by the love here the love in my family um It's just been really restorative. I'm thankful.
0: Uh, How's it impacted your kids?
1: Uh, Well, this community's been huge for my kids. I think when Mike and I made the decision to come here, we kind of saw it for us, like, oh, a small community. But the love that's been shown, especially for my boys, the men in this church that have just loved all my kids, you know, my son that's not here right now, some men wrote to him and sent a care package to him. Um, I think they understand grace in a way that I mean we definitely didn't at that age I, I see it in them, just sort of the light bulbs going off and they get it um, and it's definitely impacted our parenting of them um, we were I think more uh, authoritative not that we're not parents so we are there's rules and things but you know what we're really just trying to show grace and like, let's just talk through things and learn from it and let's move on instead of getting bogged down. And I really hope that our kids see that in our spirits because we definitely see it in them.
0: Can you briefly tell what you do? Uh, I'm a social worker. I work in newborn adoption. And how how has what you've learned here impacted that position?
1: So um, one of the things that I do is Uh, do education and outreach so I've been able to do some education with Planned Parenthood clinics in our state and in Kentucky the last few years and it's been really been a blessing and honor to do that and it's it's been humbling to do that but it's also helped me to see their staff through the lens of Christ and really enabled me to just love on them you know and just be kind to them and and Not judge what they're doing or how they're doing it or why they're doing it But to see them as Christ does even if they're not believers. He loves them as much as he loves me um, And also with my clients I work with women that are struggling life is hard and these women are You know struggling with substance use and mental health history and many have been incarcerated and they are so hard on themselves I mean it is so sad to see so to just be able to walk alongside them and be kind and love them um, matters so much more than what I could ever say to them as a counselor.
0: Yeah, you've you've walked alongside Leah, which are most everybody in here knows. You know, Leah's right now and at Teen Challenge, and um, talk talk about that just the, your relationship with uh, Leah and. How the Lord's used a group of you ladies here to encourage her, to love on her?
1: Um, I actually met Leah several years ago in a YMCA boot camp, which was horrible. It was 5 in the morning. I got tricked into going by a friend. It was just awful. (laughs) We were, like, running outside, which I do not run. Um, and Leah was always at the front of the pack, just running away. And I'm at the back, like dying back there. Like, Can we stop? So that's actually how I met Leah. And then our boys played rugby together. So we connected and she and, and Ann were encouraging us to check out Leavener. Um, and then I was in a small group with Leah and just really uh, attracted to her infectious personality. Um, just, she's, she's got a beautiful spirit. And so, when I understood that she was having some struggles, I just had compassion for that because I I can identify with that. When my kids were little, you know, there were just some dark days. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of those days. It was just an overwhelming time. And I would have, you know, a glass of wine here or there. And I could, I could understand that turning into more. And um, really getting to know Leah and seeing the love she has for her family and her struggles, it – it's a lot I think people are so quick to judge someone or they have this vision of someone with struggles with substances and she's a real person she's a beautiful woman you know and she's just in a hard place and we just need to love on her and it has been heartbreaking and humbling and beautiful and messy and you know to be able to to um, be with Shannon with michelle and to just sort of love leah through it um it's been it's been an honor
0: awesome all right angela it says here uh angela you have a past we all have a past
6: where's the door (laughs)
0: I don't know the details of your past, so share as little or as much as you are comfortable. But one day, one day, you were here with Cameron and he brought you to me to have a conversation. He wanted to confirm with me to you that what we were teaching was true in your own life. That Christ died one time and you're truly forgiven. This is not what you grew up hearing and understanding. How did this news affect your thinking?
6: I'm disappointed there are no Kleenexes. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> They're coming.
6: Okay. Right. Um, I don't remember that. Thank you. Um, it's the same one. We're just passing it. <laughs> I don't remember fully that first day. What I remember is having some serious struggles. Um, we were looking for a church. We had been to a church that disappointed us because we put our faith in people. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Rusty's the chaplain where I work and I kept hearing that he had service in a bar. And I was like, that's super weird. We're never going. There.
0: <laughs> she calls me weird all the time. Yeah.
6: Um, but somehow we ended up here and we were kind of in a mess. And all I remember is I think I was crying and I looked at you and you did. <laughs> and that was it. And obviously God put you in our lives, which put all these amazing people in our lives. And all these real people in our lives. And I grew up in the church. My grandfather was a pastor. I mean, I literally would spend Saturdays there because my mom worked there. And um, I ended up working there in college as a custodian. I lived there. Um, and it was, <clears throat> none of this was ever taught to me this way. And, um, you know, we would go to church You would hang on to all your junk all week, go to church thinking you could unpack it, but you may feel worse when you leave there because of the condemnation. Maybe you felt better. I don't know. But at age 12, I accepted Christ as my Savior, and that began my personal relationship with Jesus. And I think getting to a place where this cuts out all the junk and gets right to the heart of the matter that Jesus loves me for who I am. No matter a decision I make or don't make, and loves my family because we're children of God. Um, Religion, church, even the word Christian, ruins it for so many people because there's an expectation that comes along with those words and it really drives people in the wrong direction and if we could just be angela that loves christ or just humans that love christ wouldn't that be a lot more attractive to other people than all these other things that we do and say that end up doing the opposite and repelling people um but the learning that I did not have to ask forgiveness every time, um, we have wasted a lot of time and energy on on all that. And to just be able to see that Christ loves me for who I am and that I could move forward every time, um, certainly make lots and lots of mistakes, um, but I don't have to punish myself. And we we've, we've talked about the fact that Um, our son how awesome it is that he's getting this as his exposure and not what we had that we had to you know unbury ourselves from that he just gets to have this family and this community around him that loves him and he he has the understanding right from the beginning
0: Uh, I'm gonna change gears on you real quick here Uh, your public identity as sergeant of the Fishers Police Department Uh, which you do very well. Um, See, I told you they were coming. Uh, Which you do very well. In fact, you have no idea the impact that this lady has on uh, not just the Fisher's Police Department, but a whole region of the United States. That she deals with the crisis intervention. She, She trains officers. She goes, whenever there's a crisis and she'll debrief with the officer, she's, she's like the lead person. You think we are, but she's, she's truly it. In today's society that has become really difficult for police, how does knowing your true identity in Jesus impact what you do on a weekly basis?
6: Well, I'm glad you're asking easy questions. <clears throat> um, So my brother and work husband back there, Brad, hi, Brad, um, and my husband, Cameron, who was also a coworker of mine for twenty some years, and my dad there, he's a retired police officer. Um, you know, we live in this struggle on a daily basis at work and at home because of news and the conversations that our kids bring home to us and um, being surrounded by people who are like-minded and realize this worldly stuff. I have to watch my language. Um, doesn't matter. We're just trying to get through it one day at a time to get to the biggest prize ever. And so I, I've just said, you know what? Who cares? I'm going to, I'm watching myself. Thank you. Um, Rusty knows me very well. Cameron's like, I don't talk like that in front of him. I said, well, I do. Um, (laughs) that the, um, what do I have to lose to share who I am with others? And if it gives them some sort of hope and all this junk, then great. If I've offended them, um, I know my heart. I know um, what I was trying to accomplish. And um, I think through the trainings that we do and the the support we have for officers, but really the support we have for our community, we're just living it, like Amy said. and. If others see what we're doing and can take something from that for themselves, then that's that's great. But um, it's very difficult to, to be the police right now. So um, I think on a day-to-day basis, like Brad and I, we just try to be Brad and Angela. You know, we don't try to be, we can't. The police is one thing, but us and our identity, oh, and yeah, we're police officers too.
0: Uh you do it very well. You do it very well that you're able to love on people. Uh Caroline.
7: It's three minutes left.
0: You got I got I'm not worried about this. It
5: turned red. Well it's beeping
3: down. <laughs>
0: As a mom, uh you're not only learning your identity in Christ, but you're a teacher of identity how are you able to implement what you believe while being a teacher in a system that may have different values?
6: You switched the question.
7: (laughs) (laughs) So you're talking about my real job or my second job. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not a teacher in the home. No, not yet. Okay. Um, well, it's funny that Angela said at some time, at some point, she realized, "What do I have to lose?" And so, right or wrong, um, really from the get-go, walking into a school, being a teacher for the first time in seventeen, eighteen years, I just felt like I am just going to be me, and I'm going to let the spirit do whatever it's going to do through me. And at the end of the day, I don't care if I get in trouble. <laughs> um, and I know that I have a wonderful support around me, even in my school, my administration. And I think they kind of get that. Um, and they're okay with that. Um, and so it's, there's definitely been hard days, but it's very freeing to. To truly walk in and feel like you can just be yourself and you know yeah I teach a little bit of math but um, the prayer is every day that my students can just see the living spirit through me and that they can be comforted they can be loved they can be whatever they need that day and if it means that I hugged a student the first week of school when I wasn't supposed to be within six feet of them I said, I don't care. And so that's kind of how I've approached my first year back. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I, I think I've said this a few times, but as a youth worker, uh, I believe that a, a child can go a whole week without ever being touched. Like parents don't touch them. Teachers don't touch them. Nobody touches a child. And just to be able to Put a hand on a child to punch a child to do something not like punch, but I, mean, you know, I, I punch these guys all the time, Eddie will tell you, but uh uh just just to have some kind of acknowledgement that they're they're there is is a huge deal for you in a society that's saying you can't touch kids. You can't the lady next to you says you can't touch kids. I well <laughs> <laughs> in a good way and that's what we're talking about you can touch people in a positive good way and 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 that's encouraging okay my last question to you this is caroline is what are you doing specifically in your home to teach those four boys right there their identity in christ
7: i'm trying not to do anything um i feel so grateful and blessed that Doug walked through this study in 2008 when LJ was only two and a half, three years old. Um, And so we really began to embrace our identity as our children were very, very young, um, which is a huge blessing, as hopefully that's what they have learned and seen from day one. Um, You know, when they're little, it's hard. Um, and I think what Shannon was talking about is kind of what our focus was when they were little. It's just love, just loving on them. Um, and I think a lot of times at the end of the day, when they were a little bit older and sometimes mom wasn't too loving that day, um, I would climb in bed with them and just remind them that they have a father in heaven who loves them perfectly and loves them much better than Doug and I could love them. Um. So good. Maybe
0: this <laughs> one, maybe not that one. <laughs>
7: um, and so I think, you know, LJ 16 kind of stunk. It really was exciting, LJ, sorry.
3: <laughs>
7: <laughs> but, and then as they get older, um, there's just a lot of conversations of who they are, even though their behavior might be something else during the day, and we do address that, and we do deal with that, but to just constantly turn them back to Jesus. Like, that's not who you are, and I can't make you do this, um, but there's a spirit inside of you that that will help you. And I think the conversation has turned from, there's still a love piece, but just reminding them of who they are, Um, Sometimes it's a daily conversation, sometimes weekly, but, you know, again, I think Doug and I try to not do anything, but just to allow the spirit to work through us and allow the spirit to work through them.
0: Uh, The reason, you know, the reason these ladies are up here is obviously I believe this is who God led me to ask invite to come up here. We could have asked a whole room full of people to come up here, but I just appreciate you showing your struggles. That It's like Nicole says, everybody comes in here and they're perfect. They love Jesus. And, it. and it's like, there's so many struggles in here. Uh, everybody's going through it. Everybody's got their issues. And this is just a, a fraction of it, but the way that they understand their identity and what they're learning and what they're teaching and the renewing of our minds and all this, it's what makes this so much so much love, so much fun, so much goodness in this room that God is good and uh, it gets us through this stuff I say this too, it's like you know, Therese, you were uh talking about, oh God wouldn't do this. Well, I don't think God gave you cancer in the first place too. I think God is a good God. She didn't say that by the way. Uh I think that's just part of the fallen world that we live in, you know, that uh we deal with we deal with sin, we deal with illness, we deal with death. And that's all you know, goes back to the garden. And uh but but God is uh provided us life life and so you see it in these ladies here and i'm thankful for that um i want to say thank you for being here today coming through the rain and everything else and happy mother's day i also want to say that uh my my friends dale and carol are back there at the back table uh they run camp zion which we have been going to for the last three four years uh And we're going to be there in 42 days, Dale. (laughs) 42 days. So if you're planning on going to camp with us students, your uh, registration is due next Sunday. It's due next Sunday, May the 16th. So don't forget that. Uh, We will be right back here jumping into Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. And. This is going to be, are you smiling? Look at that (laughs) smile on his face. Joe and John Getchell, two brothers, will be up here teaching next week. And then after that, Wes Kate will uh, conclude Chapter 7 for us. But they get the first half, and it's going to be fun next week. You don't want to miss it, uh, having those two guys up here. Uh, I thank you for being here today. Ladies, thank you. Moms, thank you. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. And we've got a little gift for you mothers as you leave today. You guys have a great day. Stay safe and enjoy your families today.